It's Wednesday, January 5th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, a show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 228. I think Russ is traveling right now, so unfortunately, we don't have him on the show. It's me, Tyler, and Darren Zook is joining us. I love it. How you guys on? doing? Hello. Good. How are you? Awesome. Doing great, Good man. To be back, man. I feel like it's been a really long time since we recorded a show. I, know the <laughs> I feel like we keep saying there. that. I, it is yeah our schedules are bad but i think you guys squeezed a show or two in there that i wasn't part of too so it feels even yeah. longer for me yeah yeah so. one of uh the one of those last shows the uh log for j or oh, log forge one, yeah. whichever one yep. you want to call it i've seen people arguing about that uh, i'm on the log for j side but yeah anyway uh that was one of our top shows recently yeah it's uh skyrocketed awesome. right to the top it was, Understandably, uh, hyper relevant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the internet is burning down. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get a lot of attention. Going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. What's What's crazy is you know obviously it went off the charts crazy uh, as it was happening real time and affecting everyone everywhere that especially in our industry. But um, it has quieted down a lot unless you're talking to customers, right? Like everyone yeah. of my customers is still on a daily basis struggling with this stuff. And it's 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 brutal. Yeah, it's just everywhere. All right, today in tech history, there's a lot of them. Y'all ready for this? Oh. Every time I say y'all ready for this, I can hear the song playing in my I head. I can totally hear the song. Yep. <laughs> there's copyright restrictions that prevent you from using it, though. <laughs> I will not be playing it. <laughs> y'all ready for this? <laughs> Don't cheat. Don't go to the website. But some of these, there's a website. I'm actually. Well, that's where I get them from, dude. I don't just make them up. <laughs> I thought this was just uh, your personal extensive knowledge, extensive knowledge. Correct. Of, uh, yes. Tech history. You're absolutely right. That's right. There's no website. <laughs> okay. Some of these don't. Some of them are somewhat tech related. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Number one. Construction begins on the Golden Gate Bridge. That was January 5th. Guess the year. But I'm going to say construction begins on the Golden Gate Bridge as workers began excavating 3.25 million cubic feet of dirt for the structure's huge anchorages building bridges across water and down in and uh, that always fascinates me there's a bunch of different ways you can do it i've actually done some research around that it's just absolutely fascinating science when do you think the construction began on the golden gate bridge what year Uh, i feel like it's early 1900s i'm gonna say like 19 1920. I was going to say 1918. Okay. And that's all I got. 1923. I bet, it, I bet it's like okay. 1880 or something. I'm always wrong about 1920s. <laughs> always. And I'm off by like 50 years every time. If I say 1920, I say just say 1870. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it always happens. It's so true. Russ always guesses 1986. Tyler always guesses the 1920s. And then it's always like 1843 or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. So this one is 1933. Ah. Wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. You got another nice, shot here. Nice. The very first. It, none of my initial gut reactions were anywhere close to that either. I, okay. I had an initial thought that was like the 40s. I don't know why, but I don't think anything happened in the 40s ever. So I had to backpedal <laughs> off that one real fast. Went to my, my go-to 1920s-ish. Uh, 18 just felt right. And then I realized it was probably the 1800s, which was also grossly wrong. So gut just way off on that one. All right, here's the second one. The first color newsreel was also on January 5th. Oh. oh. 
Do you want wow. some details? Uh, yeah, give us some details on that one. Sure. So it was seen by movie theater audiences in the U.S. Uh, showing clips from the Tournament of Roses parade and the Rose Bowl football game shot just four days earlier. Football's only been around for like a decade. So... <laughs> 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 uh and what's gosh, cool is the entire just, thing is actually on youtube i the very really? first color news roll yep i honestly have no idea so i'm gonna just take a, a stab at it and just say like 1940 <laughs> right after Tyler nothing said happened nothing in happened, happened in the 40s, in the 40s. i'm gonna go with 1937 1948 <laughs> dang it <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, let's move on here. Uh, space shuttle given the green light. So on January 5th, uh, this if I tell you who said this, is you're going to cheat a little bit. But U.S. President Richard Nixon, Nixon how do you say his name? Nixon? Nixon. Nixon. Uh, orders the development of a space shuttle program. What do you think? 70. Oh, before that, wasn't it? It would have been. Nixon. You guys are googling Richard Nixon right now, aren't you? No, so no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I, I am sadly, sadly <laughs> terrible say. with dates like that. But, but I mean, Kennedy was '60s, right? And so yeah. pre-Kennedy. So I'm going to go with had... like '55. No, wasn't I Nixon the know. '70s? I, th I think Nixon. I I, oh, maybe, say... do I have that backwards? I think <laughs> yes, the other way. Do you have it backwards, Tyler? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It's... There you go. Yeah. I'm going to say 1971. 71 for me. I'm going to go with 75 then. So I feel like it's 72. 10 plus oh. 10 from whatever I said. You got it. Darren got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Darren. Well, I said, yeah. I, think it was like, I feel like it's 71, but you know what? It's probably 72 just because <laughs> I have to add it. It just didn't feel right. So, yeah. Yeah. He was the president from uh, 1969 to 1974. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. He was actually president trip, when we yeah. landed on the moon. Yeah. Good for him. All right. Um, let's see. Richard Stallman begins work on new. Uh, where's Russ when you need him? He's our big uh, residential Linux guy. So Richard Stallman, I think he's like best friends with Rich. Anyway, Probably. begins work on the new operating system. That's GNU, intended to be a free Unix-like OS. Let me guess the year. Not the 40s. <laughs> i'll give you a hint we're, we're getting closer to modern day as i'm going through these yeah, so we of had course. 33 uh, we had i noticed that trend too yeah i'm gonna go 84 to channel yes us. you got it really yes oh, I was gonna say 82 i'm just gonna end it there because you nailed it got it all right last that was one for you Russ. so many of these today my goodness <laughs> uh so nexus is the one is what this one's called the nexus one phone goes on sale well, not the first Android phone. It was the first phone to be branded and marketed directly by Google. Yeah. In fact, it was I available for this. purchase directly from Google's website store for about seven months after the launch. So like 2007? 2009. Nine. Yeah. January I'm going to go with seven or eight. 2010. Ah, Ooh, wow. You got it. Close. It was very close. close. Very close. Good very close. Up. All right. Uh, now, we've been going back and forth like crazy on the TBP uh, community chat. Um, again, if y'all want to join us on that, it's t.me slash tech breakfast. Yeah. Very lively chat. A lot today. Sorry, I, I, talked think you guys... over, I talked over the URL, so give that again. 
No, no, no big deal. T.me slash tech breakfast. That'll launch you into the, uh, the, the, uh, telegram community thing. It'll say, Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to join? Whatever. Just hit. Yep. You can actually look at it first before you hit join if you want. Uh, but come on in, say, Hey, um, there's about 30 of us regulars in there. Uh, talk about all kinds of tech stuff that maybe you don't want to clog up social media with, but it's super fun. Good way to connect people around the world, all that kind of stuff. But uh, y'all got y'all have thrown a whole bunch of stuff in there today. What do you want to talk, or what do you want to start with? What do you want to talk about? You want to start with EV Hating stuff. On the you want to start Ford with Samsung F-150 Lightning. Okay, that's what I want to yeah. start with. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. Like I I I was excited about Ford entering the space. Um, I think a lot of people are going to lean into electric trucks because of the iconic, you know image of the Ford. And of course, shortly after they announced it, uh, I'm sure the other manufacturers, if they weren't already ardently working towards it, they scrambled to get stuff together. So like this Chevy Silverado EV stuff, I know we saw some of that in the thread today. Of course, we've heard a bunch about Rivian. That's not a traditional manufacturer, but uh, you're seeing like Chrysler's, Chrysler's going all EV. Like the buzz is really fun. It's really neat. And I think it's a, a an obvious indication of where the world is moving when it comes to, to the average vehicle yeah. and trucks uh, are, I think for obvious reasons too, like a major holdout. These are traditionally work vehicles. Um, so long mileage, big tanks, crazy tow capacity, stuff like that. And, uh, and, and I, I gotta say like, as the stats have come together, especially with the the prices in tow for the F-150 Lightning, I'm just kind of disappointed at their foray into the truck market. Yep. I wish them success. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be successful because I think the like Ford's F-150 line in particular, but the that whole series of trucks, the F-series in general, it, it is iconic. It is well-loved. They've got tremendous brand recognition. They're going to do well, I think, almost no matter what. But I kind of feel like with a base 230-mile range and a $20,000 70-mile upgrade to that base range, right. for, for those for those dollars, like they will be successful despite themselves. And, yeah. and that's yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. Well, let me jump in real quick on that before we, before we keep going. So the news here... It, uh, actually, Paul Brarin uh, made me aware last night. He was tweeting at our um, at our podcast uh, Twitter handle, saying, "Hey, the F one fifty Lightning is now configurable." So I was up last night trying to see if uh, you could configure it with six seats because I've got four kids. Uh, surprise! No, you cannot. Uh, it is <laughs> five seater only. Unfortunately, thanks. But yeah, so that's why it was it was hot uh, hot topic yeah. today because people are diving through the configurator. But right, Darren, right. what's your take on it? And- I, I think, Tyler, I think Tyler summed it up. Oh, well, yeah. I was just going to say, I think Tyler summed it up in the chat really nicely. Uh, oh, Ford made a baby e truck. Like, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 I laughed yeah. so hard. It's, it's such, it's such a great effort. And I think, again, we all want it to succeed because it's Ford yeah. and because yeah. of the iconic, you know, Ford pickup truck. Like, no question. Yeah. But it just, it misses the mark by so much, especially from the standpoint of, you know, again, when you look at what trucks have been traditionally used for, you know, you can't get past, obviously, just, you know, how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I lost it all of a sudden. Um, it, it just makes, you know, it, they're so handy to have, you know, you never yeah. know when you're yeah. going to need how convenient. the bed they, to throw they're, stuff in. They're yeah, very, convenient, well, it's, they're, they're utility vehicles, like right. actually right. utility vehicles, not SUVs. They, they're the reason SUVs have that name. 
100%. because people wanted something in between that just had a third row of seats in some cases or, or had a, a more car-like look that wasn't a minivan because they got uh, just, you know, stigmatized basically. But trucks are utility vehicles and a utility vehicle with a 230 mile range is like, that's a, that's a sedan. Yeah. It is. It's, it is. It just, and, well, and, and, and the sad part it, is, it devastates have how sedans. useful it is. Yeah, and you have sedans now that obviously get significantly more mileage than that on a single truck. Right. So it's like, and you, you really have to you really have to weigh the economics of it. And for me, like yeah. you know, and I was saying this a little bit in the TBP chat. Like I've I've been looking at getting a pickup truck for a number of years now. I've really I've really been you know eyeing up the F one fifty Super Boost. Like that's that's the direction I want to go. The F one fifty Lightning came out, and I was like, man, this is this is great. You know, I I really love the idea of EV. I'm intrigued by it. I want to go down that road. And then this yep. is just such a disappointment. <laughs> like I'm, I just feel, yeah, yeah. I can't help but feel disappointed, especially no. for the price. And, and I'm in, well, I mean, exactly. like and, and, and the thing that, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go. Yeah, no, no, no. Dig in. Well, I was just going to say there's some needless um, configuration choices that they made here. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it. first of all, the, the first thing I noticed was that you know, the, the, the battery thing, right. An extra 20 K plus, uh, just to get an extra 70 miles range. Um, yeah, kind of frustrating. Yeah. I mean, so percentage wise, it's an extra 25% more. Um, but when you think about going from, three, uh, from two thirty to 300, it's yeah. almost like, gosh, two thirty feels like it's not even worth considering. So why even offer that? Oh. Right. And so they have four models. They have the pro and then up from that is the XLT, up from that is Lariat, and then up from that is Platinum. Um, mm-hmm. Why the professional, like the pro model is the lowest end model. I don't know why they ended up picking yeah, that. It, and weird. why did they change it up? Why didn't they just stick with classic XT, XLT? Yeah. I, well, I guess and, for whatever reason, they dropped King Ranch because that was more of an appearance package than anything else. But yeah. And also, I don't know if King Ranch, is that everywhere? Is that a Texas thing? Um but uh, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. But it, my, my point is, I felt the same thing when I was going through those options. Naming aside, I think the thing that, that frustrated me, uh, I, I don't have four kids like you do, so I'm not worried about that bench seat up front. But I think it's it stinks the, that they the took screen that thing, though. Away. I hope that's what you're that about to talk bugs, about. It yes. is. So, so that one really bothers me because I, I'm not a fan of moonroofs, really, right? Or, or sunroofs, whatever. I. I have had vehicles. In fact, both vehicles that I have right now have moonroofs, but that's because mm-hmm. there are features I wanted that forced me into having them. One, they always add cost, right? I get that. They're complicated. They're mechanical, what like that, whatnot. They add weight. So we're talking about a vehicle that we are ragging on for having mileage problems, which yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stand by. I'm going to say it outright. And, and if you want a better interior experience for work or play or just a bigger touchscreen, you have to add weight. What? No. Like that's a silly thing to combine. And that was the big thing I noticed is that when you go from the XLT, your, your infotainment center actually changes the screen size. And I think it goes from like eight to 12, but to get a 12, it goes from 12, it goes from 12 to 15 and a half, right? Oh, that's good. That's good. So at least it's 12. That's yeah. That's basically that's the high end for that other truck. Yeah. The 15 and a half has that feel like the the Tesla panel right in the yeah. middle where yeah. it's like, okay, this is this is the standard thing. Tesla doesn't do this. They don't have like a, yeah. a higher end model where you get a bigger screen and more right. access to, to the software. No, if right. you're going to have an electric vehicle, then it's got to yes. be something that is like software driven. And that is the thing. And for you to yeah. sell like the Pro and the XLT 
it's a just a limited like a normal 12 inch touchscreen so am i getting right. limited software engagement feature like what is going on there why would you do that and, right and, and this I, is the I, kind I, of stuff good no i was just going to say i think the other thing too that annoys me is um you know when you look at those those lower models one of the biggest selling features that they've had is that generator capability you know and and the mm -hmm. other thing that's really about irritating that. about the lower end models so the pro and the xlt both it's a $9,500 add-on yeah. to add in the package that has the generator capability. It's like, dude, all of your ads show that this is a yes. feature of this truck. And oh, by the See, way, unless you spend at least, you know, at least 68 grand, you're not going to get this. And and this is this is uh I'm gonna I'm gonna say like classic hate for American manufacturer, car manufacturers, right? There, there's there seems to be this just slant towards the nickel and dime approach to all the things. And I think it's the exact same thing to get a bigger infotainment system inside the car. You also have to get a $2,000 moonroof option. Yeah. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it, they, they want, they want to draw And I understand why they do it from like a business revenue perspective, but it's so frustrating because it's, even, even though I understand like the sprawl from a manufacturing perspective, you're not going to offer every option under the sun. Going from a 12 to a 15 or a 15 and a half inch tablet on the inside and then forcing the moonroof in the same motion just seems arbitrarily goofy to me. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and then, then you take something like that and you heavily advertise uh, this capability and then you end up making it you know almost... Uh, unobtainable for a lot of people is is also just kind of crappy yeah. um, and and if uh, i'm i'm sure if we had some other folks on the phone that that could talk to it more i'm also really curious to see how well that plays out because one of the one of the problems with having like a a truck that operates as a whole home battery backup cuz that's how they advertise it right it wasn't just power all the things which is pretty cool it's power your house and so my guess is that there's going to be fine print that basically says, hey, yeah, we can do this, but don't do it all day every day, right? right. This, isn't, this isn't going to augment your solar panel setup and take like peak 6 p.m. Um, uh, electric usage right. so that you can run off your truck's battery because that will destroy the battery packs in the car because it will drain them much further faster and the cycles are going to kill them. So yeah. I have a feeling there's going to be a ton of fine print there and I know everyone was excited about it, but I, I, there, there are technical reasons that Tesla doesn't allow that, put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's a battery problem. It's a battery tech problem, which is more fundamental than just Ford got clever, in my opinion. And we'll see. I could be totally wrong. This could be a bad take, but I doubt it, right? Like, if yeah. batteries were there, we'd see way cooler home batteries at this point, too. Yeah, any, agreed. Any thoughts on the fact that it's only a dual motor option? There's no yeah, single I think or that's silly or too. Yeah. I, I actually well, dude, didn't realize that about the F-150 Lightning yeah. because when Tesla went from three to four, they literally cited market pressure, which I thought included the F-150 Lightning. Turns out it's just Rivian. That, that well, I, the quad motor design wasn't actually an original plan for the Tesla Cybertruck, and, and they quote unquote got kind of pushed down yeah. that path. But yeah, two two motors, two like are they just well, waiting gonna, to to release uh, yeah. round two with four motors know. and reasonable mileage? Like what's happening? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say that they are only allowing two motors because of the fact that maybe maybe they had planned on doing more, but because of the fact that they received like 
80 times as much or as many orders as they had initially planned. They said, okay, oh, that's just keep it one option here. Issue? Yeah, make, make it just streamline supply chain, pump them out, etc. But the thing that pissed me off more than, and I'm sorry, I'm like beating the living <laughs> daylights out of this truck release, <laughs> but I can pick on Chevy too because that was the most yeah, underwhelming oh release gosh. of an EV truck I've ever seen. Like at least Ford did this whole yeah. thing, they had a big old, uh, uh, event that happened on YouTube and it was super cool. Anyway, whatever. That was cool. <laughs> Chevy's just got like released yeah. like a like a dog's fart in the living room or something. Yes, it's but it's terrible. a it's anyway. a hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollar dog fart. <laughs> right. <laughs> but let me let me get let me get this with in front of you for a second. So whenever you think about the front of the 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 Rivian, first of all, it's terrible. The headlights are terrible. But when you think about the front <laughs> of the F one fifty lighting, dude, the Rivian is amazing. <laughs> Except like I'm taking off 12 marks because of the stinking headlights. It's so dumb. Yeah. I like All right. Either. But let me come back to this. So the very, the, the, the front look on the, the lightning, what is it? What's the signature look? Uh, you got the light uh, bar that goes across I the front. Yeah. It's yeah. the light bar. That's what they show sure. you. Every time you get the yeah. ad, it's like okay. everything's dark and the truck lights up, right? And you just get this light bar that goes across. You don't get that on the base model. Why? So dumb. So d it's I like the signature it. look. Yes, like that light bar says, "Hey, this is a lightning." Well, they don't. You don't have that on the on the pro model, which is the base model. Which is dumb that they're calling it the pro model. But yeah, <laughs> doesn't even look like a lightning because they don't have the stinking pro bar or the or the light bar. <laughs> pro bar on the pro model. <laughs> Anyway, oh, that's that's, awesome. that's okay. too funny. I, I love that. That's that's what's got gotcha. you. The that's the uh, the other thing. What's like why? It's it's specifically a design that says okay. Well, if you're going to buy the base model, you don't get the cool light bar, right? It's going <laughs> to force you in another 20, 20 grand classic down. Classic Ford. That's what I'm saying though. The, well, I don't think it's just their Ford. Model, I think it's yeah. it, no, it's not. It's it's traditional U.S. manufacturers. I hate to just yeah, rag on Ford is. here, but that's I mean that's what we're talking about. It, this is. They they probably spend an inordinate amount of time and resources determining what little feature they can put in the more premium trims that will drive people to spend four grand on the upgrade. And and I'm not saying that's terrible from a business perspective, but it is terrible from a consumer perspective when you're looking at this and you're yeah. saying all these things I thought I wanted and then recognizing that if you were to get like the advertised version of the truck, you'd need 90 grand. Dude, so they had to design 300 miles. <laughs> yes, they had to design two different screen interfaces. They had to design two different bezels to support those between Which is the four stupid. models. They had to yeah, design exactly. two different versions of the software based on the screen size. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's annoying. It, yep. Just ridiculous. It is. It's. I. I don't get it. I mean, I, obviously not in the room, not getting to make these decisions. I. I mean, you got to assume Ford, especially in the truck market, has a pretty good feel for what the f they're doing, but. Uh, I also With the think, F one fifty they're doing. You mean? That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, ha. Um, <laughs> nice. I sh rewind. Let's, dude, let's you can see it. that. No, no, but I know. You can see I know. It in just... the in the old models, right? So, like in the base model of the older trucks, you didn't get a touchscreen, and then in the in the higher end versions, then you got a touchscreen, right? And then the larger you went, the larger the touchscreen, and it was like, ooh, you know, fancy. I went, you know, from from a little basic black and white. And to like an actual you know, anyway, whatever. Maybe you can help me out here because I, I don't, I haven't really sat down and spent a lot of time configuring a, a Tesla. But but if I'm not mistaken, you don't. I do your that options, every day. Your options are get motors, <laughs> add autonomous driving. 
Yes. Everything else is standard. Correct. I love that. I love yeah. it. And it's probably exactly what you were talking about. Part of the reason they're able to keep their costs down. Yeah. So you, you literally, uh, you pick if you want. So like take the Model S, for example, you say, do I want two motors or three motors? What color do I want? White, black, gray, blue, or red? Do I want uh, 19 inch wheels or 21 inch wheels? Do I want the interior to be black? Do I want it black and white or cream color? Do I want to add FSD, full self-driving? That's it. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. One, this, two, this is, three, four. That was five total the, decisions. Period. Those decisions, right. those, those are those are appropriate decisions. You're, you're basically yeah. like if you were to if you were to take this back to the F series trucks pre EV, you're going to pick your motor, you're going to pick your tires, and you're going to pick your colors inside and out. And then yeah. uh, they don't have an autonomous vehicle equivalent, but I uh, call it like uh, the adaptive cruise control or something like those. I understand as being upgrades that have a cost to it. Every freaking widget on those trucks is an upgrade. It's a hundred bucks for a step to get in. It's fifty bucks for a step that looks different. Yeah. There's a blackout color package that's five thousand dollars. It's which just actually looks pretty paint. sweet, dude. It does. <laughs> it but, and this is this is where I will award them points for sticking in the room and figuring out what people will pay for yeah, yeah. because the number of blacked out trucks I see on the street blows my mind now that I know it's five thousand yeah. dollars with no functional upgrades at all. Shout out to my father's <laughs> F two fifty who got the blackout. <laughs> I will say though, I mean that is to to your point though, Tyler. It is quintessential American automakers because I it guarantee is. you, Chevy's going to do the same thing. You know, the, the others that are out there. I mean, Toyota's going to do the same thing. It doesn't matter. I, I think the thing, the thing too, and I had to laugh at this because I don't know if you guys had a similar take. I would be curious for the for the hot takes from both of you on this. But let's talk about that Silverado event. Can we just uh, like was there a Silverado we do, event? Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> But to like, my point, who, who in GM's design group said, "Hey, let's take it back to 2014 and introduce a truck that was just like Avalanche and call it the Silverado, which was hideous <laughs> to begin with and not Dude, really all that functional." So no, so no, I actually had no, seen, look, seen what it, it looks that's like. That's how yet. they saved like so the much money to make it so affordable. Oh my god! Oh wait, it does look like the Avalanche. <laughs> oh wait, it really it's 105 does. grand. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I didn't notice that. That is hilarious. That is, uh, I don't, I don't know yeah. what to say. Other than I, design team right there. The the comment that I made in the TBP chat is is just it resonates with me, which is I'm understanding more and more why Tesla's stock price is so dang high. Yeah, because they're, they're just doing, doing it right, an awful lot right, and their competition has every chance. To catch up, and they refuse, and they're just tripping over themselves to get there. They refuse. I, I don't. I, it's like they don't understand why Tesla is compelling. They think it's just because they're fast or electric. It's it's not. It's all of the things. It's simplicity. It's yes. Uh, obviously, some of it's just brand recognition at this point. There's absolutely some tech stuff that goes simplicity, into it. Simplicity, 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 dude. Like uh, back to the Ford. Cutting out things like dealers, man. stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's just crazy. Dude, I loved my F two fifty. Fantastic. But when you go through these configurators, there are eighteen different oh, ways. Lord. I don't know if I'm getting a three sixty camera or trailer tow backup <laughs> thing. Like I can't <laughs> tell what I do and don't have, even when nope. you click on the little it's info. Terrible. Box. And, and sometimes like, oh, well, you'll you're click something that, and be you like, gotta remove these. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, no, no, I do want to remove $50 to not have Chrome on that one part of the truck. And then you have to remove, like, every package that you put it in the configurator. <laughs> right. Like, no, okay, undo that. <laughs> Turns out that the Chrome on that part of the bumper is associated with all of the features and this entire engine. Yes. <laughs> Just make it great. Simplify it. Tell me if I need two or three or four motors, the paint, interior. Do you want full self-driving? Period. Order it. Okay. All right. We should probably makes, move on to something else. Easy. We're probably losing yeah. listeners at this point. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> What's next? What else we got? How about Write Google? Us. Tell us how you we can feel. be on the hate parade today. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So Google. Oh, is that the one I just sent? Um, so yeah, it is. the Google execs just announced that uh, there's going to be no uh, pay raises based on inflation. And right after they did that, uh, all the top execs uh, base salaries were uh, raised from 650k to one million dollars. Uh, so that did not go over well in the news. Not a good. Hey, plan. but at least not we can see the whole equation. Not giving raises because money went somewhere else. <laughs> right? It balanced out, folks. <laughs> it's almost like I don't. Whatever. Whatever, man. Uh, and it's not. I mean, they didn't. They don't it's announce a bad that, look. right? Yeah, it's no, disclosed it's in an SEC filing. Yeah, disclosed in an SEC filing. But anyway, whatever. Uh, the thing it's that just, I'm it feels curious... tone deaf, right? And it's yeah. not to say that Google employees on average aren't well paid. That's not the point. Their executives obviously were well paid before their salaries got bumped. But yeah. it feels really but, tone deaf to see ex, ex, high inflation, no raises based on that. You cut sort of universal problem in the U.S. Anyways, and then uh, uh, what sounds like a pretty healthy kick to the execs at the same time. Yeah. Well, and to literally at the same time make a statement, like specifically come out and tell your staff to tell your employees, hey, we're not going to adjust salaries to account for inflation. Like you come out and then you Oops. say that. And then 13 days later, the executive salaries are disclosed in the SEC filing and their base salaries are nearly doubled, 650 to 1 million. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Seems a little tone deaf. Maybe they're this is what it is. denying all of their employees a raise. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's what the article implies, but I'm not even going to go that far. Okay, uh, let's move on to Samsung. So uh, a couple of different things here, man. This is this one blew my mind. So Samsung debuted a new TV remote that recharges by capturing radio frequency energy from your Wi-Fi router. Did y'all see that? This is, I did see that. I uh, saw, interestingly, yeah. that's not the first time that that's been done, or or at least not the first time it's talked about. Maybe it is the first time it's done, and, and they deserve more accolades. I don't think it was a remote. But there, there have been um, patents and discussions around harvesting Wi-Fi for low-energy applications. And I can't think of a better use than a TV remote because yeah. it requires such well, a tiny anywhere. amount of energy to yeah. send usually an infrared, sometimes radio, depending on the remote, signal. But it only happens when you press the button. There's no okay. other active communication. That's awesome. What a great so genius! Genius next step here. Okay. How many of y'all raise your hand around the room if it's been 2.30 in the morning and your smoke detector uh, is out of battery, can we put that in the smoke detector so that yeah, way it's being powered by my Wi-Fi router as well? <laughs> it would be nice to see like batteries being trickle charged in that case. I wonder what the yeah. power usage is. I guess uh, the 9-volt batteries quite a bit more than what a remote needs. Yeah, but it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be, it's not, it's not using anything. Well, it is a little bit, but. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I guess the other question is, does it become a connected device at that point, or is it strictly just harvesting no. the radio waves? Well, no, 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 it no, no it's be. not. But no, it doesn't have no, to. No, it be. doesn't. No, no, it no. If it's a connected device, then it probably couldn't be powered that way. 
Yeah, that's true too. That's the point is that yeah. you, you want mean, as little as possible. Yeah. So all they're doing there is they're they're putting an antenna basically in to to gather energy in the form of radio waves at 2.4 or 5 gigahertz, whatever it is yeah. that they decided to do, maybe both. Yeah. Um, so it's just hitting it. In, I mean, it's a tiny amount of energy. It's just a really clever way to deal with mostly passive yeah. devices. Yeah. Well, and the other, the cool thing about it too is it's not only that, but it's also uh, charged by room light or sunlight or USB yeah, cable. It reminds me of like almost TI, too many options. TI calculators from the like yes. the 80s, right? Like that tech should be in everything that is low power, but it's just not. We don't. We it's like it died. Maybe TI owns yeah. all the patents for those tiny little solar strips, basically, but. For passive devices, I, I guess it always surprised me that we didn't see more of that for things with simple buttons. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think that should have been on remotes for a long time now. It's kind of beyond why we haven't adopted something like that. And there have been companies that have done it, just not you know to the point where it's really caught on. I feel like I need a deep dive on this, though, on how, yeah, on how it's capturing the energy in radio frequency signals. How all I'll bet it's way more simple than than you'd expect. Probably, I, I can Probably. almost guarantee that it's it's just an antenna, and instead of going to a, a signal booster or something like that, that's a powered device inside of it. It's it's just trickle charging some tiny rechargeable cell. But okay, I'm also no uh, uh, radio frequency engineer. So you're not, you're not an RF engineer. Nope. You have so many skills, Tyler. Okay, I was going to say uh, I think you could pass for one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, so let's stick with Samsung. They promise, they have promised groundbreaking, I hate that they used that word, along with new TV feature, NFT support. What's your, what's your inst um, instant reaction on that? Blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs> so this is according the, to Samsung. The 3D or curved of 2022. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so according to Samsung, the platform on your TV, it will let creators share their art with the world and let potential buyers preview an NFT before purchasing it. Uh, learn about an NFT's history and blockchain metadata. I, I just, I don't understand why the TV is the interface for this. This this is a feature no one asked for ever, but yes. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not opposed to it. Like it sounds like it might be an avenue to educate on NFTs, which is an interesting, though perhaps passing technology. I don't don't know where that's going to go. Um, I like the idea of you know like TVs that are art displays as well. Yeah. Those are becoming more and more common. What Samsung actually has one that's that sort of bezel-less. It's designed to just be art when it's not in use as a television. Um, and you like see that the, even in that Disney. That concept like, is neat. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And oh, I was just saying, like, like if they're if they're creating a marketplace where people can share their art and it just happens to be NFT based at the same time, and then they're also creating a marketplace for NFTs, which uh, totally different topic, something else to dig into altogether. It is interesting. It is not something I would pay more for on a TV. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. Yep. The, I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like the car problem. The the more I get into watching TVs get developed, I would rather them just be dumb and me be able to cast whatever to them. TVs are so irritating to me. Yeah. I want they try to build their high own quality images yes. with good color, excellent contrast. Whatever pixel technology is just gonna look darn good. I want it to be thin, light, and dumb as a brick with some ports. 
Correct. Yep. Yep. And those don't <laughs> exist the because the they can't page. sell it to you for three grand. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, that would cost twenty dollars to produce. <laughs> yeah, big dumb gorgeous display. You're right. Okay. That's uh, right. So further on down in the article, it says there's a sm- there's going to be a smart calibration feature on the TV. It'll automatically adjust the display settings to the creator's preset values, so you can have peace of mind that your work looks impeccable with the true That's actually kind of image quality. Now tie that to the way that movies and TV get broadcast, and we're talking about technology that would be relevant in a television. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think we could use something like that elsewhere um, where, you know, if like sports being broadcast or a movie being broadcast or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, still not going to pay a thousand dollars more for it. I was I was underwhelmed by this groundbreaking news. <laughs> it's got <laughs> NFTs in it, man. They're in you go the back TV. to how bad that Chevy truck looks. It's literally the avalanche <laughs> rebooted. No, it we is. need some positive news. Did you okay, guys see with positive? <laughs> what BMW unveiled at CVS, yes. uh, uh, CES this year. That's Dude. freaking cool. Yes, color change. Are you talking about the like, color changing? Yes, the color changing panels. I don't want to call it paint because I don't think it's paint. But it is, it's slick. Even if it's just black to white, which is, I think, the only transitions I saw were like a yeah. gray to a yeah, black Yeah, it was like white like to that. gray or something. It was freaking cool. Like, that's neat. I, I don't know that I'd pay 10 grand for it, which is almost certainly what they're going to end up asking for. And, oh, God, the maintenance on that is probably going to be a beast. But how neat is that? Like, I want that on my house. It is. Awesome. Uh, they're calling I, it e ink. Yeah, no. It, well, ah, and that's that's, it, that's it exactly is, where is I was. E ink finally with it. here from like the early '90s. E ink is a thing now. Here you go. The surface coating of the BMW iX Flow. Okay, we got to. I don't even know what that vehicle is. We got to look that up. Uh, the car's called an iX Flow, featuring e ink, contains millions of micro capsules. Capsule, capsules. Yeah. Why did I say capsules? Like I was European or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, aluminium with a diameter equivalent to the thickness, <laughs> with a diameter equivalent to the thickness of a human hair. So they wow. contain uh, each of them contain negatively charged white pigments and positively charged black pigment pigments. Okay, so that's why we saw it go from like white. Oh, so to it's, gray. it's just black and white. That's it. That's yeah, it so it can oh, go well, anywhere. That's cool. That means. That means it's going to be really scale. low energy too, because they use e ink and stuff like uh, or, or like early gen pixels or not pixels, sorry, um, Kindles and stuff like that. Yeah, being able to go from white to black, it's very very low energy. Um, I think it's it's yeah, white, fairly inexpensive to produce. Not when you put it into the curvature of a car's exterior, I would think. But relatively speaking, it's not like it's going to have a gajillion you know multicolored pixels like a a TV yet. But I I still think it's neat. Um, and I, uh, no joke. Like, I think I would put that in a wall in my house. Probably not the outside. I'm, I still kind of curious to see, let's get Elon in a sledgehammer and see how it holds up. <laughs> I, what's well, so, actually, go ahead. Well, I, the first, the first thought that came to my mind when I saw this, because I saw it referenced e-ink and I was immediately thinking e-readers and stuff like that is how long yeah. before somebody hacks this to advertise their branding on the side of the <laughs> car right. or on the hood of the car. I wouldn't be surprised like if. It's probably in the terms of service, right? Like being able to modify what's written on the Wait. side of your car is because I, at that point, especially when you it, go look at the videos of that car changing, they definitely do some fade, which means that they've yeah. at least got blocks of pixels that they're controlling independently if they're not controlling every pixel independently. And, uh, and that opens itself up to all kinds of programmability for sure. 
So uh, one of the neat things here too is um, so obviously like you would want to um, have it be on the white in the summer and the black in the winter uh, so that way it's reflecting yeah, more nice. heat or, or absorbing more heat. Um, it's a pretty seats. neat thing there. Very cool. <gasps> that's the other thing I hate about the F-150 Lightning. Wow, hate. That's what? a strong word. <laughs> you can only get the interior in black. I live in Texas. I have a black interior now. It's awful. Really? I'll never do it again. It's black only? It's so hot. Yes, I could not find a configuration option that allowed anything except for black interior seats. What? It was bad. It's bad. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I didn't I didn't I didn't even see that. That's crazy. Um, nope. I clicked it Looks through. like actually I so the, I the platinum all. Yeah, the platinum oh, one platinum has a it? it's like tuxedo. So it's black with like a white center. Uh, well, but, that's but better to your than point, though, you black, can't choose. But marginally, and apparently, yeah. it's only in the ninety thousand dollar version of the truck. Right. So, <laughs> kill me now. No, I. All right. Sorry, didn't mean to come back to that. It, it, no, it's fine. It's fine. Let's see what else we got here. <laughs> Heartburn. So, do you want to talk about the XPS thirteen quick? Oh yes, and the fact yeah, that they introduced that. a touch bar. So yeah, so Dell uh, Dell released this XPS thirteen, or should say, announced this XPS thirteen. Uh, bringing basically a MacBook-like touch bar experience uh, to the XPS 13, and uh, I posted the link in the in the TBP chat. But I had to chuckle as I kind of went through it because it just seems like we're going backwards now. Because one of the biggest complaints from MacBook Pro users was the fact that there was What's no physical escape key. And guess what? On the What's XPS 13, no. there's no, no physical escape key. No. What? Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, Learn nothing from your competition. So all of the basically, um, what it is is you have you have a capacitive touch function row, just like you would, you know, with with a uh, a MacBook Pro or you know any other device that's out there that's had capacitive touch function rows for a long time. But then you also have basically a, a another row that is invoked by the FN key that will pull up all of your traditional function keys. So you've got your, your function keys for things like, you know, display brightness and play pause and all those things that are there by default. But then you hold down your FN key and then you get escape and you get, you know, all of your other traditional FN keys that are there. And I'm like, this just seems like we're going backwards again. Like, I feel like Apple's like, all right, we heard you. Oh. We heard you customers. We don't like this. But Even the delete now key. Doing the same thing. Yeah. So like escape F1 through F12 and delete. None of those are physical. Yeah. Nope. What? So it, it's Look just it's good. a very interesting design decision. And and the other thing too that kind of blew my this mind is entirely different this. than like the typical XPSs. This is it does, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing the other thing that I found kind of interesting, and I'm trying to find it in the article, Crazy was then. they started they talked about the fact that the elimination of that function row at the top essentially allowed them to basically increase or gives them more thermal headroom in the laptop which i completely disagree with but that essentially rather than a sense to me. it does not <laughs> rather than a 15 watt processor it, they're now going to use a 28 watt processor which means the thing is going to cook uh it's just it, it this is mind-blowing to me um that's but, really interesting I, I are they implying that by losing a row of keys they get the space inside to do more stuff i kind of understand that from like a a volumetric perspective you literally put more ducts in there but like uh yeah it's it it's seems like a bad decision one of the things one of the things i saw in here too was that they talk about they stretch out the basically the um the heat uh conduction or whatever you call that material they stretch that out over the deck 
entirely. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's that's interesting. And they added bigger fans, which okay, bigger fans can mean less, you know, quieter or should say quieter fans in this case. Um, but I don't know. Th- again, this just seems it seems like a step backwards to me. Where's the but touch? It'll pad? be interesting to see. So it's integrated into the actual palm rest. That was the whole other, is the whole palm rest the touchpad? No, it's just like the center portion of it. That's okay. It's not marked. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, tell. the Verge the Verge has a review on it and they kind of said the same thing, but I guess there was a previous version of the XPS that also featured that design, so they were familiar with it at least to some degree. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to understand like where does my brain go from a left click right click thing? There's no distinction on the touchpad. Yep. Yeah. Um, somewhat related news too is Intel uh, just announced they're claiming their 12th gen 14 core uh, i9 outperforms the Apple's M1 Max and is the fastest CPU ever, uh, but it is apparently using significantly more power. I don't actually know how much uh, more power on this, but um, imagine it's nice that. To, yeah, a more it's nice powerful to see. PC, and all it required was a boatload more electricity <laughs> right yeah exactly which when you're solving for processors uh you this size of a both. room and faster <laughs> than an m1 processor right. <laughs> sorry are we oh. still competing on the same baseline okay all right let's find what stick. let's find some positive what are we what are we going to talk positively about here um meta I tried, has stopped I tried. developing a there new for like two seconds operating system <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that we're a falling positive? apart here. I mean, <laughs> we're falling apart here. Uh, I didn't know Meta was developing an operating system. Oh, yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. But this is this is confusing, though. Um, so Meta has stopped developing a new OS for its VR devices and upcoming AR glasses. I think we need Daniel on the show for this one. The multi-year yeah. project involved hundreds of employees. Apparently, they had a new OS to power the VR. I guess they just... Oh, it looks like they were working on a replacement OS. Hmm. I get. Wasn't uh, Oculus was acquired, right? Yep. So I guess that must have been it. They must be. Uh, I'm I'm going out on a limb, and and uh, we should probably just pause on this and and bring um, bring Daniel on the show. But it looks like they're trying. He was in to the chat a second a, ago. Daniel, get in, in here. Yeah, he was listening. Nice oh, gone. Okay, whatever. We can come back to that one. But uh, this is the top news on Tech Meme right now. That the the meta thing. But it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Sorry for all the pauses here. I'm just trying to read stuff. But it's weird for a, a company that is betting its future on the metaverse that they would like throw out this next gen AR VR operating system. Maybe, maybe, maybe they threw it out because they're buying a better one or bought a better one or yeah yeah i mean there's uh, there's a bunch of different ways to look at that right they may have just decided it was easier better faster cleaner whatever yeah. to keep using something else it must be what it I, was. it's interesting that it's the news, oculus but, one but I, <clears throat> yeah sorry go ahead i was just gonna say I, I don't remember being big news that they were developing one in the first place so it seems kind of odd that it's trending as something that they dropped now but I, I don't feel like the way that Meta has presented itself as the you know spearhead of the metaverse was somehow contingent on them developing a new operating ex- system for the experience. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it looks like we lost Darren. Darren said, "That's ah, it. I'm out. I'm out." Oh, I didn't didn't catch that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I guess the original operating system they had was an Android um, that was uh, Android based for the the uh, the Oculus Quest. 
which is now no longer called Oculus. It's a Meta, um, Meta Quest. Yeah, are they still using the Quest name? Yes, but it's not what? Oculus. Yeah. You got rid of Oculus. No. Sorry. Oh, it's the Meta Meta Quest now. It's Meta Quest now. Yeah, not that, Oculus. That sounds Quest. like that sounds like a video game from the eighties. Yeah, like King's Quest, Meta Quest. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't yeah, sound like it a good one. Though. So they're they're going to continue modifying an open source version of Android as go. its main VR software. Um, That's cool. I wonder if that was in uh, cahoots with uh, Google or the community. I mean, it's open source, so probably not Google. But uh, I don't know. That's that's uh, I, that seems smart. They're on though. a race with I, Apple I, right I, now. I gotta though. say, I gotta say that what Android or sorry, what Google did with Android was brilliant. Um, not unlike kind of what they did with Kubernetes, right? Like really building it, making making it community driven and then putting it in in those hands because Google's going to continue to make money off of some of that licensing. Um, I don't know what components they do or don't get any cut of from uh, like the open source versions. You would assume none, but I, I don't actually know enough about it. But Android obviously has a lot of functionality and is built for mobile. So uh, it makes sense to develop something on top of it. Not unlike what what the NVIDIA GeForce and the Apple Fire TVs, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are highly customized Android. Um, and so you really can do a lot with it as a baseline. Um, smart of them to pivot and take advantage. I wonder... I wonder if they realized that they could just work around some limitations perhaps that they found in Android or if they got a peek at the roadmap for Android and said, you know what, actually the roadmap addresses any any issues we thought were going to yeah. be critical for this being successful going forward. And they just said, this is, this is the right direction to go because of that. Yeah, likely something like that. They were probably trying to achieve something that, uh, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't on the Android roadmap. Yep. But I'm sure there's some aspect of it too where they wanted to have control, um, you know, software from the you know bare metal up. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, no, I have I have no doubt. Sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure somebody was counting the beans and said, "Look, yeah, we get this cut. We're trying to build this thing, but it's not." It, yeah, I think that I wonder if part of that is like it would be really interesting and maybe this data is available and I just haven't looked at it. Maybe, maybe Russ is familiar, but um, if you peeled the onion back with Google and you looked at what it, what would Google or alphabet makes from Android based licensing versus like the Android marketplace, my guess is that they are night and day difference. Like mm. the marketplace is a trillion dollars and yes. Android's like 2 billion. Yes. And so, or less. so if you're Facebook, it's basically yeah, exactly. open source, if, right? If, yeah. If you're Facebook and you're looking at this and you're saying, I wanted control over an operating system to make money, they don't need an operating system to make money. They just need to be the fundamental place that people go to buy the things in the ecosystem. So mm. build it on Android and make the marketplace how people come and you'll make more money anyway. So why spend the money on developing the, the platform? Yeah. Or the OS, actually, because I'm sure they will have a platform. But What? Dude, sorry. I just saw something. Um, I've complained about this on the show before. Well, not really. <laughs> it was in a joking manner. Basically, what I was saying was um, how cool the whole, like, well, I'm talking about Walmart here. When you go, you just drive up, you order stuff off the app, and sure. they bring it out, they throw it in your trunk. Yep. Step they one, it was weird for me to not get out of the car. I, <laughs> I kept getting out of the car, and they're like, sir, please yep. stay in the car. And, you know, I'm like, oh, get okay. Get back in your vehicle. All right. Yeah, get, get back in your vehicle. Like, I'm just trying to help you load stuff. And I'm like, I feel bad that you're doing it by yourself. I can help you. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's no big, you know, whatever. 
Um, sure. No, they, they never yelled at me. And then and then they started delivering to my front door. Right. And I, I was was making a joke on a previous episode because I had this like weird feeling at one point where they pull up in the little circle drive and they're dropping it all on my front door. And I'm like, Ugh, I have to carry this in from my front door <laughs> into my house and <laughs> unload it and put it on my fridge. Why can't they just put it in my fridge? But it was such a <laughs> such a ridiculous thought. Right. So I just had to laugh at myself. Uh, but here it is. Uh, Walmart to expand in-home delivery. The, what is it? Uh, from 6 million U.S. households to 30 million by the end of 2022 with the specific direction to ultimately reaching your refrigerators. I, I am surprised. Directly to your refrigerator. refrigerator because uh, that, <laughs> that feels really personal. Like where yes. my food goes in my refrigerator, I You're don't feel it like it's the thing. Is the thing Not that I want anyone else in, doing? Yeah. Um, the closest I ever got to that actually was in Italy, and that was my first experience with food delivery. Um, and I feel like Italy was just ahead of the United States because it was an option there. And when we found out about it, we were like, "Oh my gosh, we have to try this!" <laughs> right? And they would they would deliver it to your your like your table, your kitchen, but they didn't unload your groceries into your refrigerator. And I feel like that's just a bit too far. Yeah. On top of that, they're going to buy 5,000 electric delivery vans from GM. GM's Bright Drop, which I hadn't heard of. Bright Drop? Yeah. What is Bright Drop? I don't know. I got to figure this out, man. <sighs> Wish we could bring some people on the show that actually like new things here. Uh, it's a vehicle startup. Electric vehicle, the electric delivery vehicle startup Bright Drop is on a roll. Set up by General Motors, Bright Drop leveraged the automaker's investment in its new Ultium battery platform and Ultium Drive electric motors to bring the EV600 delivery van to market in just 20 months. Ooh, faster than wow, any other vehicle fast. in GM history. Yeah, geez. Yeah. Crazy. I've heard uh, that Ultium FedEx. Before. I don't know anything wow. about it. FedEx is increasing its orders from 500 vans to 2,000 over the next few years and then plans to add up to 20,000 more eventually. That's impressive. Okay. Is BrightDrop publicly tradable? (laughs) (laughs) Slash who's providing them stuff? BrightDrop. It's probably, is it GM? I guess it's a part of GM, right? Oh, that could be just a subsidiary. Yeah. Is BrightDrop public? One of the first businesses launched by GM's global innovation team incubator. Hmm. GM Stockers. Yeah. No. Great, great. That's wild. That's pretty cool. Okay. What else you got? Are we shutting the sucker down? Uh, it's probably time to shut her down. Okay. I think we've touched on enough fun topics for the day. I don't have any more notes. I'm sure I've seen stuff. It's been long enough. There's been all kinds of things in the news. And we're probably missing something that is like top of the freaking charts right now. But that's okay. Because I had a good time. And that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. Uh, Got pretty feisty on those uh, electric trucks. Um, I'm sure there's more of that to come. That's quite the battle that's unfolding. But uh, more on that soon, I'm sure. We'll talk to you just a little ways down the road. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. Talk to you next time.